0: Good morning, GPSers, and welcome back to another edition of the GPS podcast, Election Day Edition. I know you're excited. We are wrapping up a series that we started a few months ago called Nine a Day, Feasting on the Fruit of the Spirit. And as we wrap up today, this series, I wanted to intentionally end our series today on Election Day. And the reason why I want to do that, hopefully, will become clear very shortly. But as we begin this podcast, I want to start with a passage that you've heard a lot over the last couple of months during this study. And then I want to read a second passage that we have alluded to, but I have not read in detail. And I want to begin with these two passages to frame what I want to share as we wrap up this study. So the first is from Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16 and reading until verse 26. And then the second passage is from 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 1 until verse 7. Paul writes in Galatians 5, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. 1 Corinthians 2, 1-7 And so it was with me, brothers and sisters... When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not wise with persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So today we come to the end of these two seasons that we have been journeying through together over the last many months. One season that is ending is this study that we've been carrying out called Nine a Day, Feasting on the Fruit of the Spirit. And the other season that we've all been experiencing in other arenas of our life, not as directly as class, is this election season that we've been in. Now, I laugh whenever I hear the the phrase election season because people talk as if this is a defined beginning and end season of our lives, but it seems like the longer that I live, the more that this thing called election season isn't really much of a season. It's kind of an all-the-time experience. It's an ironic name because it seems more like this endless experience that we're all experiencing together, so that even when an election is over, there immediately becomes talk about the next election. But nevertheless, there is an intensity that happens as we move closer to that November election day, where there does seem to be a little more focus. People start to pay attention a little bit more if they're going to pay attention. And for many people, that season, election season, begins late summer, early August. Well, it was around that time that we began another season, This season of study on this passage in Galatians chapter 5, what is infamously known as the fruit of the Spirit. And we called the series a really important and intentional name. We called this series about the fruit of the Spirit, Nine a Day. And the reason why we called it Nine a Day, Feasting on the Fruit of the Spirit, was to play off of that old dietary theme of getting a certain amount of fruits and vegetables a day, that you need to get X number of vegetables a day or X number of fruits a day, that you should, in order to be healthy, in order to be vibrant and be alive at your fullest, you need to have a certain kind of diet. And the reason why I wanted to start the nine-a-day series right about the time election season was starting is because I wanted us throughout the last several months to pay attention to not just what we were ingesting, but also what we were producing. And those two things always go together The things that we put in inevitably will impact what we put out. And as election season ramps up, and as it was ramping up a few months ago, I felt like it was important for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as spirit-filled believers to remind ourselves of the kinds of people that we are called to be in all seasons of life. And that's really been this question below the surface that has bubbled up sometimes in explicit ways, but hopefully has been on the edges of all of these conversations and podcasts and classes that we've been in. That question, who am I becoming in all seasons of my life? What kind of person am I becoming over the course of my life? That famous Dallas Willard quote always pops into my mind whenever I start talking about this theme of becoming. He is famed for saying, you are becoming now who you will be forever. You are becoming now who you will be forever. That this quote and this concept hopefully keeps the eternal in mind. That this phrase and this concept and this quote hopefully keeps that subcurrent of eternity constantly before us. And so, no matter where we find ourselves or when we find ourselves, we're drawn back to that question. What am I producing? That's why this metaphor of fruit, I think, is so important and timely for us to think about what it means to live as men and women dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Because when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, it's that second part of the phrase, of the Spirit, that we should never forget. Because what I am producing, who am I becoming, is directly related to who is producing in me. What is producing in me? What is the thing? Who is the thing? Who is the person who is animating me, fueling me, empowering me to live in certain ways? So that question, who am I becoming, what am I producing, should pose for us that deeper question of who? Who is producing in me? Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount, is one of a few places where he talks about this, where he talks about good trees and bad trees. And he talks about how the inner essence of the tree will determine what it produces. And so he talks about how a good tree can't bear bad fruit and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. That if you look at the outside of a tree, it's going to be a reflection of what's going on on the inside of a tree. Or, because he's speaking metaphorically, what's going on the inside of a person. What's happening to my inner essence, to my heart? How and who and what is shaping it and forming it and transforming it? Because we're all going to produce a certain kind of fruit with our life. Is it going to be fruit of the Spirit? Or is it going to be fruit of this age? And it's that second option, which is why I read that passage in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 through 7, where Paul, in a more explicit and intentional way, draws out this contrast that is a contrast that we still face today. That there is this contrast that he draws out, Of these two different ways of life that he himself was living by or torn between as he was doing ministry to the church at Corinth. And what he tells the church at Corinth is this wisdom of the age, this spirit of the age, was not motivating and was not capitalizing on his ministry. But instead, What he tells the church there is that the thing, the person that was driving his ministry, driving his preaching, his teaching, his care for this church, was the Spirit of God. And that's this theme that runs throughout Paul. He talks about it here in 1 Corinthians 2, where he just flat out says, when talking about these two different options of ways in which a person can live, that the, that the rulers of this age, the wisdom of this age, the spirit of this age are not ultimately going to last over the long haul. They are not going to have that eternal kind of existence. They are final. They will not last forever. And so instead, Paul holds up God's wisdom. He holds up the Spirit of God, this message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified as this deeper power, this deeper animating force that will last forever, that will motivate Him not just in the short short term but over the long haul. And in giving this testimony to the church at Corinth, he is reminding them to lean into, to tap into, to allow the spirit and power of God to be their primary animating force in their life to produce fruit that reflects the spirit of God. And that same contrast is happening in Galatians 5 as well, although he uses a bit different language, but he still is prioritizing Life in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, being animated by the Spirit so that so that these men and women, this church, these followers of Jesus can produce certain virtues, can carry out a certain way of life, not just within their community, but within the world. Paul keeps drawing the church then, and I think these words are timely because he is drawing the church now back to those things that should remain in the forefront of our hearts and our minds. This fruit of the Spirit, this life in the Spirit, this life of loving your neighbor as yourself. This life where we don't get caught up in hatred and discord, fits of rage and selfish ambitions and dissensions and factions and envy. That, that when those things become our focus, when, when that becomes our diet, when that becomes the, the spirit of this age animating us, that, that that will lead us down a certain path that is not a life of freedom. It is not a life that reflects the Spirit of God. It's not a life that reflects the ways of God in the world. And, and so instead, what should occupy our hearts and our minds and our attention is that, is that path of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that it's keeping in step with those things that the Spirit can more produce in us a certain kind of fruit, us to produce good fruit because the Spirit has transformed us from the inside out. And that, I hope, is the thing that can be taken away from this study that we've been in over the last several weeks and months, that those deeper questions, those deeper allegiances are made most important in our life. That even if we have gotten off track, that hopefully this study has been a reminder of the kind of life for which we were designed, that eternal kind of life, that life in the Spirit, and that we're making time for those most important things so that the Spirit can transform us into certain kinds of people in the world. And I wanted to do this in this crazy and chaotic season because I think that a lot of what's been happening around us has been revealing to us, I hope, And reminding us, I hope, of what is most important. That's what crisis always does. That's what stress always does, that they reveal, they accelerate, they expose not just who you are, but often what they do is they remind us of the kinds of people that we want to be, the kinds of people that we're called to. become. To go back to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus ends that famous sermon talking about what? The wise man and the foolish man. That one built their house on the rock and the other built their house on the sand. And the storms came and they beat against the house. And one house, because it had a certain foundation, it made it through the storm. But this other house built by the foolish builder, did not make it. It came to a great crash because its foundation was not secure. And the thing that I've always thought about in regards to that teaching is that we don't get to choose the storms of our life very often, but we do get to choose the foundation. We didn't choose to step into 2020 with all of its chaos and uncertainty that would unfold. We didn't choose for those things to happen. And for a lot of us, we're approaching this election season, and for some of us, things are going to go the way that we hope, and for others of us, they're not going to go the way that we want. And so whatever happens for some of us may seem to be a storm on the horizon. And then we have personal stuff, and, and those things kind of stir us and shake us. Emotional health and mental health, stresses in our family, stresses in relationship. We're never just in one storm. There's always a series of storms bubbling and brewing. And sometimes we have no choice in those storms. But we always have a choice about the kind of foundation we're going to build upon. We do have a choice about who animates us. We do have a choice about the things that we choose to ingest and to take in. We do have a choice to, to move away from a certain diet of this world, hatred and factions and dissensions and fits of rage, and instead to walk down this other path And to have this other kind of diet of love and joy and peace and patience, this path of loving each other as ourselves. And that that's the kind of foundation, that's the kind of life that will last. That is that eternal kind of life, that eternal kind of existence that is this subcurrent that we can choose to tap into so that the Spirit of God can produce in us things that the Spirit of this age will never produce. That the wisdom of God will turn us into certain kinds of people that the wisdom of this age never will. That this ruler called Jesus will turn us into certain kinds of people that the rulers of this age will never turn us into. And so I hope I hope as as we end this series and we end this season, that we will be reminded of where we ultimately should have our allegiance of the things that we should ingest and where we should tap our roots deeper into, so that so that in all seasons we can become these fruitful, filled, Spirit of God people. And that does not mean, here on election day, that none of this matters. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that I want us to see that there are these deeper things that matter even more. There are these big rock kind of things that I hope, I hope we will make a priority. And here's the thing that we need to be reminded of. Fruit of the Spirit can be produced on all sides. That the fruit of the Spirit is not limited to a particular party or a particular person, or particular platform, because the Spirit of God can never be limited to a particular party or person or platform, because this is so much bigger than anything that the rulers of this age may be able to conjure up, that what we hopefully will do, As we enter this post-election season, and as people will go ahead and start cranking up for that next one, that knowing that these seasons are going to keep coming throughout our life, and there will be ups and downs, and sometimes our person will win, and sometimes they won't, then while those things can be of interest, and we can invest in those, and we can Take time, money, energy, and resources to care about those things. All of that's good and fine. And if that's where your passions and interests lie, that's totally okay. But also, in the midst of those things, in the midst of those passions and energy and investments, in voting or choosing who we want to campaign for, or advocate for, the, the platforms and the parties and the people that we prioritize, that in the midst of all of those things, there will be those those deeper awarenesses about the kinds of people we're becoming, that there will be that deeper attention to the kind of foundation that we're building that will keep coming back to that more Substantial and significant issue that is not even really an issue because the fruit of the Spirit, this way of the Spirit, it's not an issue, it's a way of life. It's choosing to be certain kinds of people in the world, it's choosing to sink our roots into an animating force that is long lasting and eternal choosing to deepen our relationships with the power and person of God that we meet in Jesus by the power of the Spirit, that that those things will be most foundational to us. And so I want to end this series and this podcast with that passage that kicked us off many weeks ago, And that kicked us off at the beginning of this very podcast. And I want us to hear these words of Paul as a reminder, as a reminder of what is most important and the kinds of people we're called to become no matter what. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envies, drunkenness, orgies and the like— Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Amen.